seeds, 900 Korok seeds. This is Play on Arrival, a weekly video game forecast brought to you by RPGera.com. Here at Play on Arrival, we'll be running down the biggest and hottest games releasing each week, talking about the new releases we've been playing since we last spoke, and looking ahead to the most anticipated games releasing next week. I'm your host, Brian, and joining me on the show this morning, he is the former host of The Media Files. It is Kyle. Oh, man. Hey, 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 what's up, Ryan? What is going on? The Media Files has concluded episode 150, uploaded over the weekend, recorded in front of a live Discord audience. In front this was of a, a live big Discord deal. audience. This was the a first, big uh, deal. Yep. First live podcast we've ever done. We actually had a live Discord audience for this episode, even though uh-huh. it was just Lindsay and I on the recording. Uh-huh. Uh, had, a, had a live audience present, which was accidental. <laughs> But it's fine. Yeah. You know what? It's fine. And uh, you know what? I know that there was some crossover between Play on Arrival and the Media Files. And uh, the people that came from Play on Arrival or the Max Level podcast and listened to the Media Files. Big thanks to them. Big thanks to everybody. Go check it out. Go listen to the last episode. And then as you watch movies and TV shows and listen to music that have come out in the last three years, go find the episode on the Media Files from it. We have not taken down the podcast. It's still no, it's there. Still You're still it'll, able it'll to go download yeah. it. It'll always yeah, be available. It's going to be there. And uh, there's 150 episodes episodes worth of content to listen to and uh it's still there we've just we're moving on to different projects we don't have anything announced right now but we will eventually so uh that's where we are indeed and for now you'll still hear you particularly on play on arrival weekly most weeks i should say and then mm-hmm. about once a month over on bg mania now so yeah i'll be there i'll be there pretty regularly yeah go check that out Special shout out to Occam's Laser for the music you heard today during the show. Go check them out where you can find music and people, including YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You won't be disappointed there. And then please take a moment and do us a favor if you'd be so kind as well. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or whichever app you chose to listen to us on and drop us a quick rating and review. Really does help us out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well. Patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers, see what we're doing. And if you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continuing to listen to the episodes as they upload to Corpse Wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers, JexX and Zanku. Kyle, as we mentioned last week on Play on Arrival, right? It is a big week and a big time for the gaming industry right now. Because as we move into current conditions, we have one game to talk about. And likely over the next several weeks, we will have just one game to talk about. And it's going to be the same game that 98% of gamers are talking about right now. I think a lot of people, most people are playing this game. Uh, Xbox and Sony were tweeting out congratulatory messages on Friday, right? I think Xbox put up a graphic of Master Chief standing on the same Sky Island as Link with with like a congratulations to Nintendo. And the the Sea of Thieves team put out, right? If you're too busy exploring another kingdom today, we understand um, what it's so... I think Sony said, congrats or enjoy yourselves, Hillians, or something like that. So, yeah, they put other, other, uh, yeah, other studios and big companies are obviously recognizing the importance and the big deal of Tears of the Kingdom releasing. Well, they're going to be playing as well. Absolutely I think that's kind of the absolutely that's they are. The uh, the understood assumption here is that Phil Spencer is playing Zelda this weekend, right? Absolutely, uh, he is. You know, the devs of Sea of Thieves are playing Zelda this weekend. This is this is a monumental event. Yes, and all of us. Ever since Friday, the game came out. I was planning on jumping in Thursday night at midnight when it released. I did unfortunately fall asleep before midnight, so I did not get to play right as it became available. But as soon as I got off work on Friday, I was in Tears of the Kingdom, and I have stayed up until about six or seven a.m. nightly 
Saturday and Sunday playing Tears of the Kingdom. I've put a lot of hours into this game this weekend. I am significantly farther than anyone else, I think, at RPG era. Uh, I think so. I am a little over 20 hours into Tears of the Kingdom. I know you are quite a bit shorter than that. Bedroth, I think, has a couple more hours than you do. I think Bedroth said he's around 12 hours in, so he, he definitely has been playing quite a bit this weekend as well, which is good because if you've listened to BG Mania, right, we... We have been doing a focus right now on the Legend of Zelda series, and eventually that's going to conclude with us doing a deep dive into the soundtrack for Tears of the Kingdom next week, which should be a lot of fun because the music in Tears of the Kingdom, though it is, and and as we move in and talk about it, right, that is one of the things I will mention. It is still pretty minimalistic in some areas, just like Breath of the Wild was, but um, there is also more of a Zelda flair to some of the music you hear as well in this game, which is very, very nice to hear. Definitely, yeah. I'm excited for that episode because I've really enjoyed the music I've gotten so far. Yeah, it's been phenomenal, and as you'll see as you get a little further in, right, there's some really good tracks coming up that you're going to experience soon, too. But I will give you guys a warning, right? We're not going to go super in-depth on Tears of the Kingdom today because we know it just came out a couple days ago, and we know everyone is jumping in for the first time, and very likely... A lot of you are spending most of this weekend still up exploring the Great Sky Island that you start out in, in Tears of the Kingdom. So we might talk a little bit about early impressions of after you leave the Great Sky Island today. But starting next week, because again, we're going to be talking Tears of the Kingdom for the next several weeks as it's going to be the only thing we're playing for the most part. Uh, starting next week, we're going to get more in depth with maybe maybe some light spoiler stuff, right? Not, not necessarily any narrative spoilers, but spoilers in terms of maybe areas or things that you can do that we've since encountered along the way. So I'm not going to talk everything that I've experienced in the game so far because that would be considered spoiler content. Um so we, we are going to stick kind of early impressions, kind of how we feel and how the game has been performing and honestly just how much fun we've been having in, in just the early couple hours. And uh, I'll let you take the uh, the initial here because I know you're still earlier than I am and, and we're pretty much only going to talk to the point that you're up to for the most part. So, yes, it's been a long wait and a long time. Six years. How are you feeling on Tears of the Kingdom? Like you said, uh, we are six years away from Breath of the Wild here, and all of the reviews came out. We knew that this was going to be massive, right? I think it's still sitting at a 97 on Open Critic, if I'm not likely, mistaken. Last likely I will be the highest rated game this year. Very likely. Uh, it's currently tied for the highest rated game of all time. So it's it, it, it's sitting on some really hefty recommendations and reviews. Uh, and I think that there was a point in time where I was nervous for this game, right? Where I was nervous that we were going to get Breath of the Wild 2. Yeah. Which in many in many respects this is. This is a direct sequel, uh, Zelda, which we don't get too often. And it is kind of rare. The only times, right, we've had the same link move from one Zelda to the next, Ocarina of Time to Majora's Mask is definitely one exactly. of them, right? But that was yes. a completely separate setting. Has it happened any other time? I mean, is it is it the same link? Is it the same link, link to in the past Wind Waker? And link between worlds. That's not the same link. Is it not? It is not. Same world, different link. Um, is the, is it the same link in Wind Waker that then goes on to Phantom Hourglass? I don't believe that Phantom Hourglass and Wind Waker are the same link, but I do think that Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks are the same link. Okay, so maybe those two. Okay, Link to the Past, the Oracles games, and Link's Awakening are all the same link. Okay. I didn't know that, but they're different worlds, obviously, Um, because Link's Awakening is all just a dream. Right, and the Oracle games tie heavily into Link's Awakening and Link to the Past. 
um, a link between worlds and Triforce Heroes are the same link. Okay, okay. I don't know that I count Triforce Heroes as a mainline game, though. Right, but in terms that of is this the discussion, but it is and the then, same um, link. Right, and then Ocarina Majora, obviously. Yeah, so this is, I guess, the fourth time they've done it, but really just the third time in terms of, like, main Zelda entries, so... Uh, no, Legend of Zelda Adventure of Link, same link. Okay, okay, also. okay, okay, okay. So it's been a minute, though, and usually they do different links, but it has been a minute. Any more than I'm missing. The Hero of Time. The Hero oh, of you Time. Know what? Twilight... Twilight Princess is the link. same one too. No, after. not true. There, the Hero of Time appears in Twilight Princess as the shadowy figure, which is the same link that's in Ocarina that's right. of Time. You're right. But the right. link that you actually play as in Twilight Princess is a separate link. That's fair enough. Yep. Um, and then Wind Waker and Phantom Hourglass is the same guy. Which oh, so means, it is. Uh, so it is. So yes. then it's the same link in uh, Spirit Tracks as well. Yep, and then Link Between Worlds, Triforce Heroes, and uh, now this one. So six six times have we carried Links over. Six times, but I think, again, going back and, and really thinking about it, right? So those six times, uh, Zelda 1 into Zelda 2, The Adventures of Link, completely different right. game in a different world, right? Complete, actually, same world, but completely different same style world, but of game. Real- Absolutely, yes. Uh, Link to the Past, Link's Awakening, Oracle Games, those are all similar. Yes, I can see that. Um, But I feel like this is the first time we are exploring a legit copy of the same world that was in Breath of the Wild, just with an added element to it. Lots of added elements. Lots of added elements and lots of different areas to explore. But by and large, once you get down to Hyrule Field, it's the same Hyrule that you remember from Breath of the Wild, right? All of the locations are generally in the same area. So that's actually really dope. And and as I've been exploring along my way down there, I'm remembering a lot of areas and locale. Oh, I remember this from Breath of the Wild, or I remember that, and it's been fun. But enough enough has changed to keep it feeling to fresh keep it and that fresh. you're playing a different game as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've I've noticed that a little bit as well, and a lot is different, right? This feels significantly advanced into the future in ways that um is is really nice, right? This feels like a high rule that was moving on from the events of Breath of the Wild, and now something catastrophic has happened again, right? Which is which again, that's why Link is back. I'm sure, you know. We can dive into the story here, too, because this the story has been very, very cool so far. I think this is maybe since uh, Ocarina of Time. This is the first or actually, you know what? I guess Twilight Princess. Twilight, maybe Princess. Since Twilight Princess. This is the first time that I've been like really invested and intrigued by the story that's going on. A lot of the time, the games are pretty bare bones story. Breath of the Wild was a pretty bare bones story. It was more more about the adventure and sandbox elements of the game than it was the story. They really stepped up the narrative in this game, and a lot of that's due to the voice acting. I think the some voice great acting voice acting, yeah. really fantastic so far, and some big names in this game, like Matthew Mercer. Absolutely, yeah. Fully rendered cutscenes that look really great in this game. Uh, and I've got to say, most places are giving this a 10 out of 10. So far for me, I'm falling right in line. Uh, oh, yeah. This this would be, if I wrote a review for this, this would be a 10 for me so far. After they've 20 absolutely hours, I'm still blown me away. Yeah. yeah. They've they've blown me away with everything that they've presented so far in this game. Uh, like I said, a game that I was at one point kind of worried about what they were going to do with it. But so far, I've been absolutely blown away. The The 
new abilities that Link has. Which you get right from the start, right? You get every new, well, right. you don't get every new ability, but you get four of Link's main new abilities right from the start. There's only one, there's one ability you don't get at the start, but um, you get most of your abilities right there and they teach you how to use them and they add so many mechanics and, and dynamics to exploring in and about Hyrule. Yes. It's insane. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, as fun as Fuse and God Hand are, are going Ultra to hand. take. Ultra Hand. Is it Ultra Hand? Yeah. Ultra Hand. Fuse, yeah. And, Fuse and Ultra Hand. Those are going to take um, a lot of your attention in this game because that is where a lot of the new gameplay style comes into this game. However, I was really blown away with, is it Arise? Ascend. Ascend. Mm-hmm. I was really blown away with how much I enjoyed that ability. I did not think that I was going to like it or use it as often as I am. But I'm integral to exploring, especially as like you discover a well or something or a cave that is underground. No need to go back out when you're done exploring. Just ascend back to the surface and pop out wherever you are. (laughs) And you know what? That's awesome. It's that is so cool. So the Great Sky Island, where you get these new abilities, ends up being about a three to four hour tutorial. For which the is game. shocking. You can spend so much time up there, which is also yeah. why we think a lot of average gamers are probably going to still be in the Great Sky Island come the end of the weekend that maybe didn't have a ton of time to play, especially because it's Mother's Day weekend, right? So, but if, it's if just a tutorial. Thing, it is just a tutorial, but there's so yeah. much to explore, so much to so fuck much around to with. Once you unlock the abilities, you can make your motorboats and like go across ponds and make these little special um, mechanisms that travel down like rails and shit. Like it's a yeah, lot of they give you a, a lot, lot of fun. opportunities to use these new abilities and to try them out and to let you experiment with them a little bit. And then, you know, and, and uh, we're not going to talk too far after getting off the Great Sky Island because I think most people will still be there, like you said. Um, but as soon as you leave the Great Sky Island, Island and you get down to Hyrule proper, immediately you are greeted with a platform full of materials and no instruction. Yeah. And it says, and it, it's like, these are materials. Have fun. And they're all over the place. So they are all over the place. And so you never really need to worry about it. But I probably spent close to an hour at that platform. Okay. I immediately walked away from that platform. <laughs> nope. I took, I took about an hour. And and when you text me and you were like, have you done this yet? And I was like, no, I'm still down here. <laughs> I'm still goofing off. I, Brian, I made an RV. I had the Bruce mobile. I, I mean, that's right, because that platform did have four wheels. It was like wagon was wheels, wheels though, on it. right? But yep. it was it wasn't uh-huh. like motorized wheels. It was wagon wheels. No, no, no. They were wagon wheels. I built this full fledged RV. I had a turret on top so that I could climb up and shoot stuff. And I couldn't turn it. I couldn't steer it. And so my my method of steering was go for a while, grab out, ultra hand it, turn it and then get back in and keep going. And so that's that's how I was motoring this thing around these (laughs) and finding all these Bokoblin camps around, like having a blast until and I have a question for you Uh until I died. And when I came back, the Bruce, the Bruce mobile was gone. Yes. And so when you die, your creations go with you. They do. They disappear. And I was so bummed because I t- it took me almost an hour to build this stupid thing. And, and they then also I died. will they also will disappear if left unattentive for okay. certain amounts of time. Okay, I didn't I didn't realize that either. And it makes sense in terms of system memory and how the game's going, right? But 
yeah, I was I was bummed. How often have you died in this game? Quite a bit. Me too. I'm dying. I was all finding the these Bokoblin camps and just Bokoblin camps. I am I am dying to these guys, and I'm like, I don't remember them being this hard from Breath of the I Wild. I do. I do. And it's do the in, the yeah the initial early stages of the game. I struggled so much in the early uh, hours of Breath of the Wild because I was okay. just getting stomped by every single enemy. It wasn't until I made quite a bit of further progress in the game, right, by um, upgrading my health, upgrading my stamina, sure. that I really just started started to do well in the Getting game good and, weapons and, and granted armor you and... can get through with three hearts there are people that just do that oh yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah you yeah. need you need to have precision dodge like you need to understand all mechanics and that's just not how i play if i can help it i i don't mind if i take hits from time to time because i can heal up but i also think the game wants you to really focus on using this fuse ability it too. does it, it does. gives you lots of rusty broadswords lots of which is why they give you crap. so much yeah so they you give can it just to you because it they want you to make new things and you can fuse all sorts of stuff exploding things and you know uh, uh, attack power increases and uh, ice and all sorts of stuff you can put on your weapons in order to give you the upper hand in these battles they want you to do that and so you know pay attention to that and I should mention it's easy to do that very easy it's the ability I use most often yeah, the way that they've integrated Fuse into this game is actually very, very cool, very intuitive. Uh, I have no complaints with that at all. I thought that was going to be my least favorite part of the game. I actually think it's very neat. Yeah, and so basically what I do, right, is I find a weapon. I'll pick up whatever weapon I can find, and there's always multiple weapons in the same area, so I will pick up whatever weapon is my play style, usually swords or some type of great sword, and then I'll fuse something else that's next to it that's a weapon on top of it because fusing a def another weapon to a weapon just increases its attack by whatever the baseline of that weapon would be. Right. So putting a sword with a sword just increases your sword by five or ten damage and it makes it last longer. It gives it more durability. So there's never a weapon that I have that isn't fused with another weapon. I will always fuse my weapons to a to another weapon. I tend not to fuse to like boxes or anything Though crazy. Though you can. Though you can. Rocks, you can put a boulder I, I, I will, on your always, shield. Yes. And I all well, yes, you can. But I always have one weapon in my inventory that is fused with a boulder because it allows me to break like ore and mining veins out in the world as well as destroy what you would normally need a bomb to destroy but you can now just use your weapon with a boulder attached to it and swing yeah. right through broken walls you don't even need to use bombs anymore so there was a uh a, a cave early on in the game i do think it was on the great sky island now that i'm thinking about it uh that i inadvertently went through this entire cave backwards not knowing but it worked out just fine in fact they made it so that and once i kind of went back and looked they made it so that you could go through this cave either direction either and i know I exactly which was, one you're talking about there was uh i thought it was wasn't really... there like a minecart track through the cave no that's a oh, different it's one. not it's not the cave i'm thinking of then but to my point there, they have very intuitively placed a lot of things in this game. And this is something that I liked so much about Elden Ring also is the game makes you feel like you're dominating it. Right. And and it gives you the option to do that. The way that this game is set up is in the distance, you will see a cave with some skulls on it. Right. 
but you might also find another opening to that cave somewhere else. And as you go through it, you are discovering things that the game intends you to discover, but they're just perfectly hidden or just perfectly placed enough that when you do it, you feel like a total genius. Right. And and that's it's what I loved about Breath of the Wild. It's what I loved about Elden Ring. And it's why these games are, are generational masterpieces, I think, is because they give you that sense of adventure that every game tries and so few games succeed. At. I'm also having a lot more fun this time around completing the individual shrines in the world. Yes. Because wow. the Have shrines. They really done a, they've done they a number on these shrines, man. Up, right? Like, yes. if you remember the shrines in Breath of the Wild, there were a couple different types, right? Right. There were a couple there was, different there was types. Like six a lot or seven of combat different ones. Total types. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Lots of combat ones. I've only encountered a couple combat shrines. I've done 20 plus shrines. I've only encountered like three or four combat ones. And they're generally training ones. Like, yeah. Throw, yeah, throw they're, an they're item at a. Educational ones. Yeah, exactly. Yep. To teach you how to do at different a, combat uh, Throw techniques. an item at an enemy and it does this, right? Like, it teaches you exactly. ways to interact with the combat system, which is cool. But they're every not meant other to be shrine, difficult shrines. They're meant to teach you how to do things. And that's how most of the shrines in the game that I've encountered so far are meant to be in some way get you thinking outside the box because yeah. if you can do it in the shrine, you, you can, can do, do it, it out elsewhere. in the real world. Yeah. Absolutely. So most of the shrines are just puzzle mechanics. Right. And that has been a lot of fun for me is is navigating these shrines, figuring out how to, first of all, solve the main puzzle. But then how do I get the chest that's in the shrine as well? Because exactly. there's always a chest. There's always a hidden chest. Yeah. Yeah. And that's been a lot of fun. Like just some it's of the, so much some and, of the puzzles and, and, that they came up with for these shrines have been really, really thought provoking. I have heard I have heard some complaint that the chests in the shrines sometimes contain arrows, right? They or do. Sometimes they do. But it's still this or that. It's but still, it's not about it's what's knowing in the chest. that you correct. It's getting the chest. Exactly. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what's I'm, in I'm it. I'm glad we agree on that. Yeah. I'm glad just, we agree on that. I just want the little want chest symbol next to my yes. shrine outside on the map that exactly. tells me I got the, all the chests in the shrine. Me too. Me too. I'm so I'm so happy we're on the same page with that. Uh, one of the other things that I mentioned to you just the other day is this game uh, makes me feel in many ways the same way that Portal did. And I know that Portal was never a game that you loved. It never was a big fan a, for me. A, yeah, a ton. Right. But Frank, I think a massive Portal fan, and, but not me. Oh, yeah. Well, I think one and two are both 10 out of 10s. I think they're masterpieces. And I think they pushed gaming forward in ways that few games do. And this game makes me feel the same way that Portal did it in many times where when you're looking at these puzzles, once you figure out the puzzle you think you're the smartest man on the planet you think oh wow ha no no shot i got this one and then they gradually get more difficult gradually get harder and you in many instances are solving a puzzle in a way that other people did not right there's so there many ways to ways solve them to solve, yeah yeah there's so many ways to solve these puzzles. The only other game I can think of that did that was Portal or Portal 2 more specifically that they really stepped up for Portal 2. But you do it in the way that you come up with. They give you the the tools and materials to solve it and say, go ahead, solve this problem. However you get there, it's up to you. I, I did see an interview just a few days ago with Aonuma as he was, you know, talking about when they came up with Tears of the Kingdom and what they yeah. wanted to do with Tears of the Kingdom. And one of the most important things for Breath of the Wild, they said that the longevity of the game spoke to just how important it was in gaming culture 
right? And what gives Breath of the Wild longevity is that people learned how to play with the game outside of their expectations using the freeze ability and the and the uh, lift ability, the magnetism ability, using those abilities in ways that they never fully intended, but still, I mean, made full use of and found really cool game mechanics. They essentially cheated within the boundaries of the game, right? And he said, with Tears of the Kingdom, we wanted to expand on that to make cheating the focus. So when you feel like you're cheating in Tears of the Kingdom, that's the point. That's what we wanted you to feel like because that's fun. When you break it, when you when you do something unintended and it works, that's the most one of the one of the biggest joys we can get as gamers. Everybody universally appreciates that feeling and that's what Tears of the Kingdom is about. Absolutely. And it just feels so much fun when you're doing it, man. Oh yeah. Oh, it's 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 been a total blast. It's been a total blast. Now, I will say Ultra Hand, I know you have been loving that ability and creating the Bruce Mobile and driving about the fields of Hyrule. It's going to be a mechanic that I feel like I ignore if they give me the opportunity to do so. Now, I know they're going to shoehorn it in for certain things because you have to use it to either glide around or get across water in certain areas, right? You have to utilize the mechanics. But if I can, by and large, ignore that, I will. Um, it hasn't been super fun for me building things. And they that mechanic right. type never right. is. Like, that's why I tend not to play some of those survival-based games on PC, like Raft or Rust or anything. You know what I mean? Like, just those, I don't like those kind of games. It's why I didn't really stick with Age of Conan that much. Because, again, it all just feels like you're using a mechanic similar to that. Now, I get... That it's not a crafting mechanic. You and I had this discussion, right? I feel like at its core, it is still crafting based, but by and large, it's not a crafting mechanic. But it's still one of those types of gameplay mechanics that gets shoehorned in because so much of the of the gameplay has been designed around it that I will feel like that will frustrate me at some point. I'm yeah and I'm I'm sure that it will to some degree it, me also right because I typically in games like this I will reach a point where I'm just crafting things that work if it works I'm doing it and then I'm moving on right so far I've not reached that point like I said building RVs and and goofy little uh mechanisms I still enjoy doing but also just to make things that do work like on the Great Sky Island making the things that you need in order to pass these certain shrines or or traverse across the different islands uh is not difficult either no and it's that that i enjoy actually like right. use using it to solve puzzles yes but using it just to use it i likely will never do that like there's no reason for me to build a fucking car when i can just ride around on epona right now i will say i don't know if you visited a stable yet but that's I the first thing I did when I got down there, because you land right near one, actually. <laughs> you land yeah. right near a stable. Your yeah. horses I, from I Breath of the Wild are still stabled. That's what I hear. Yeah. So I have Epona in my stables, and I have Gizmo, uh, who was my Pekingese that passed away a few years ago. But in, right. when Breath of the Wild came out, right, he was still alive in 2017. So when I played through this game, the first horse I got, I named him Gizmo. So Gizmo is still in my stables, as well as Epona. Gizmo will How always fun, remain man. in my stables. Uh, I did not take him out. Gizmo is there as a tribute, but I am riding around on his, um, uh, as Epona. Very nice, very nice. And that's just fun to me. Now, what's been frustrating has nothing to do with, with Tears of the Kingdom. What's been frustrating to me is my fucking Switch Pro Controller. Oh, yeah, you were complaining about that, yeah. It started to have fucking drift on the left joy stick. Is it a, is it a Nintendo controller or is it a Power 8 controller? It's a Nintendo controller. 
Okay. Yeah. See, I've I've only it had is an Power official Nintendo, and I think I sent you the ones that you had. Yeah, you sent me one. I bought another one. Both of them have had issues. Neither of them are functional anymore. Yeah, and and it's Power A, right? It's a third party controller. I get that, but they they're generally good for while they last. Um, I've had my official Switch Pro controller since the day the original Switch launched on March third, twenty seventeen. So I've gotten a lot of usage out of this controller. But over the last year or two, right, as my playtime on the Switch has drastically reduced, as they've kind of stopped releasing a lot of games that I've been interested in. And I've been putting more time on the Xbox and the PS5. I haven't had a need to play with my Switch Pro Controller that much over the last two years. The experiences I did play through Switch, most of them I played through in handheld mode. Tears of the Kingdom, I'm playing in docked mode so that way I can play it on TV, laying back in bed and really get immersed in the game. So this is probably the first time since, honestly, I moved in with Justin that I'm really using solely my Switch Pro Controller. And moving around with Link has been a challenge. Steering Epona has been a fucking nightmare while riding around with her. Um, I don't know what happened, but my Switch Pro Controller just finally died. Now, granted, I've had it now for seven years, six years, six years or something like that, right? The initial Mm -hmm. launch of the actual switch so i've had it for a quite some time and i'm sure i've dropped it several times along the way so it's gotten a decent amount of usage i did order a power a controller last night that will be here if it's not outside already it'll be here soon it was set to be delivered sometime tonight between 5 and 10 p.m um that should at least increase my enjoyment of the controls and stop frustrating me but i tried to get the tears of the kingdom switch pro controller that nintendo released but it is fucking sold out everywhere dude it is sold out everywhere yeah it's a sweet looking controller though it is and i will get it i will get it eventually just like i got the uh god of war ragnarok dual sense controller for ps5 i will i i like getting limited edition controllers when whenever i need a new one um the power a one it's not going to be my main controller because again i know they only last for a couple years but it'll get me by for several weeks to several months if i have an issue getting this tears of the kingdom controller um but as soon as i can i will be the owner of that as well but yeah man i have been just absolutely spending as much time in tears of the kingdom as i possibly could over this past weekend and it's going to be hard to concentrate at work it's going to be hard to want to edit these podcasts it's going to be hard to want to do anything else but play tears of the kingdom i really really wish i could have taken some vacation time for this game multiple people at work are playing it also for me and so we'll be talking about it at work i'll be talking about it in discord i'll be talking about it at home everyone is going to be talking about it uh so same it's going to be hard for me to focus yep and this isn't sponsored or anything but i want to give a shout out to uh map g Genie.io. If you guys want a quick way to track what you do in Tears of the Kingdom and, and mark stuff up on the map, or if you get lost, maybe look at a map and see what the where a shrine is or something. Mapgenie.io. I have been using this website for several years now. I pay a month or a yearly sub to them, right? It's 10 bucks a year. It just gets me access to all their pro versions of the maps they release every time. I use this website extensively for Horizon Forbidden West, Elden Ring. Um, their information for Tears of the Kingdom is top-notch, right? It's been helping me out as I track the Korok seeds I find, as I track the shrines that I find. It just helps me out to when I don't know what I'm doing in the game and I want to do something else, I can look to see where something is. Because I'm not following a guide, right? I don't. There's not even an official strategy guide that exists. Actually, right, yeah. Nintendo's official strategy guide doesn't come out till June 12th, June oh, really? 17th. Or, yeah, it actually like, comes yeah. out yeah, a month after the game did. Um. So there isn't even like a guide that you can, I get some websites are putting up guides, but obviously those are going to trickle in slowly. Um, For me, all I need is a map. 
with markers on them because the game does a great job directing you where to go. But a lot of this shit is going to be hidden and... I want to try to do most of the side missions. I want to try to do most of the side adventures. Side adventures are basically side quests that are just longer than the side missions. They're the side adventures have multiple steps, whereas side missions just maybe have one step. And then, sure, of course, sure. there's main quests. Um, I want to try to do all of those. And some of them are off the beaten path, and I may not stumble upon them. Using a website like this, people put down markers where, you know, an NPC is that starts a side quest. So now I can see, okay, I'm in this area. I can I can do a couple side quests. And I like that. So if you like to track your shit when you're playing a game, check out mapgenie.io. Maybe one day they'll sponsor me. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by mapgenie.io. Exactly. What exactly. is .io? .io is... I don't know, but it's a, just a lot of people use it, right? Itch, I, itch.io, right, for itch.io. Um, a lot of people use the .io website. It's closing. the British Indian Ocean Territory. That's what IO stands for, Indian Ocean. Is it? Yeah. Okay, interesting. I did not know that. There you go. Me did either. not know that. Um, are we done with Tears of the Kingdom? Do we have anything else to say? I think so. For now, we'll have much more to talk about in the coming weeks. Yeah, like I said, we will be spending the next few weeks talking about Tears of the Kingdom. Next week when we dive into it, right, I should be well over 40 or 50 hours by next weekend. You will likely be over the 20-hour mark by next weekend. Uh, we, we should have some spoiler or light spoiler type discussions next week. Again, not really going in much to the narrative, but diving more into some of the other gameplay elements and mechanics that do exist in Tears of the Kingdom, because there is a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about, so we'll have more to say. But for now, that'll bring us to the end of Current Conditions, so let's take a look ahead at what's coming up this week in the 7-Day Forecast. We have eight things, Kyle. Eight things releasing this week, which isn't bad. Um, A couple games in here that I'm actually looking forward to for the most part. I think there's some good games coming out this week. It's unfortunate that I won't get to play any of these anytime soon because I am putting so much time into Tears of the Kingdom and I still need to finish Jedi Fallen Survivor, Jedi Survivor and a couple other games that I started, right? The last case of Benedict Fox. I need to get back and do that again and get my way through that. Uh, But nothing else matters right now. Like Metallica said best, it is all about Tears of the Kingdom. I'm actually playing another game right now as well. I we're about we're yeah we're over halfway. Oh, through the you're quarry. playing the quarry. Yeah, you're playing the quarry. Yeah. yep, that's right. And that's you something and Lindsay. that Lindsay and I do at at night. We'll we'll load in the quarry, play a couple of chapters. We're on like chapter six or seven right now, I think. So oh, you're you're progressing. Yeah, that game's that game's not super long. Yeah, you're getting there. No, getting but we're there. having a blast. Absolutely. Uh, eight games again coming out this week. Game number one coming on Tuesday to PC, PS5, PS4, PSVR two and PSVR 1, Humanity, a unique blend of puzzle solving and action platforming. Play uh, play alone Shiba Inu, charged with commanding massive marching crowds to the goal in story mode, or browse a wide array of user-made levels crafted via the in-game stage creator. It's been a minute since we've seen much on this game, but I do remember it taking focus during one of the state of plays, either last year or the year prior. It looks like a pretty interesting VR game. I don't know that I would play it outside of VR mode, but in VR, humanity actually looks pretty entertaining. Uh, I will... This is coming to the PlayStation Plus catalog as well, if I'm not mistaken. Is it? Is the VR version also on there? 
I don't know about the VR version, but if I'm not mistaken, this game is also releasing to PS Plus the way that Stray did okay. last year. You know how it's it's not part of the, like the free games lineup, but it is in the catalog. Um, so there's a good chance that I actually download this and give Tichia it a shot. did the same thing the earlier this year. Yeah, Tichia, same thing. Uh, if it if it is in the catalog, if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to Google it here in a sec and I'll let you know. But good chance I, I play through this. Yeah, if it is, I would do the same. Um, but even if it's not... Eventually, I would probably pick it up for PSVR 2 because it does seem rather interesting going through this game. Uh, game number two, coming on Tuesday to PC, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series, and Xbox One, Tin Hearts. Behind every brilliant invention hides an incredible story. Guide a troop of tin soldiers through a medical, or a, a medical, no, no, through a magical toy-filled world in this immersive puzzle adventure game from members of the team that brought you Fable. This game looks great. We've seen quite a bit on this Humanity available day one as a PlayStation Plus game catalog title out May 16th, and that's from blog.playstation.com. Oh yeah, I will I will definitely download that then. Yep. I will definitely download Same. that. Uh, how do you feel on Tin Hearts? Uh, not a game that I'm super familiar familiar with. This one didn't make it into the Thunderdome list, and it so didn't. I don't think I've watched uh, the trailer for this, but it is behind the team that did Fable, like you said. It is, right? mm-hmm. yep. Uh, and I always enjoyed Fable. It, it looks, looks a lot like Clockwork Nights nice to me. Yeah, very Clockwork-inspired. Um, you know, you're playing around as little wind-up toy soldiers, right? And you're exploring, as a toy, a house. So everything is massive to you as you're walking around and see, like, on a table... Reminds me a lot of the um, Final Fantasy 15 area when you were walking around in that giant house as as Noctis um, and in solving some puzzles in there. Very similar to that, actually. Yeah, looks cute. This, this game actually looks fun. Yeah, yeah, it looks fun. It looks like a lot of fun. Game number three coming on Wednesday to PC, Starship Troopers Extermination. Starship Troopers Extermination is a co-op FPS that puts you on the far off front lines of an all out battle against the bugs. Squad up, grab your rifle and do your part as an elite deep space vanguard trooper set to take back planets claimed by the arachnid threat. A lot of people looking forward to this one, man, like 60 or 70 K had this saved on Steam. Justin actually wants to pick this up, too. Justin was talking about this game just like the other week to me. Yeah, that's that's surprising to me. This one this one doesn't stand out to me at all for any reason. No, no. <laughs> but not at all. People love their uh, people love their Starship Troopers. I guess. Yeah. And it doesn't look like a terrible FPS, but it is an FPS and one that I would not be interested in. Game number four we've talked about before on Kickstart My Heart. Coming on Wednesday to PC, Greedventory. Greedventory is a gorgeous pixel art action RPG experience where the only thing between you and an embarrassingly swift death is your mouse. Strike, parry, and cast powerful spells on your enemies, loot ancient treasures, explore a brutal realm, and become the hero you never wanted to be. Remember talking about this one? I do, actually, yeah. And um, I actually really like the look of this one. I think it looks super goofy. Um, it does super super silly you play the game as like this half naked knight most of the time and uh i don't know it looks funny i'd i'd probably give it a shot eventually if it if it enough again with zelda out buying a new game is a hard sell for me uh, there right. is one coming up soon that i'm probably gonna pick up but um uh not this one in this in this week you are or just coming up not soon this in week. general not this week okay. next week actually oh nice okay okay perfect there is a game i will pick up next week yes nice very nice 
Um, Grieventory was the one that required you to do a lot of inventory management, right? Which is why it's in its name. Some of the screenshots right. on Steam don't show that, but I remember the, like inventory management being a very big component to this game when we talked about it before. Yeah, it, uh, it, it looks like an interesting game at the very yeah, least. Yeah, it looks good. It looks good. Game number five coming on Thursday to PC. I know Frank is really looking forward to this. Firmament. Firmament is a new puzzle adventure game by the legendary game studio behind the best-selling games Myst and Riven. Featuring deep storytelling and world building, discover the story of this seemingly abandoned world as you explore and unlock the mysteries of three unique realms and beyond. This is one that I would play eventually. I really like Myst as well, but I'm never like super good at those games. I was a huge fan of Mist back in the day. Me back too. when every time you clicked All of us something, were, it took about right? 15 seconds. Everybody had to be. Yeah, yeah it was a, it was the a only thing we had. gamer game. Yeah. It was the only thing we had. Um, and uh, the Miller brothers were the were the designers, and uh, Lori Strand is the producer of that game. And, and I remember spending hours trying to figure out what the hell to do. Uh, now, as an adult, I actually might really enjoy it even more than I did then. And, uh, Especially because like you know we are. We you don't are, have to wait. Yeah, you don't have to wait no more. You, we, we have really fallen in love with a lot of modern puzzle games. I mean, look how much fun we're having solving puzzles in Tears of the Kingdom. Right. So yeah, might want to give this a shot at some point. Game number six, also coming on Thursday to PC, Veiled Experts, which is another game that a massive amount of people have wishlisted on SteamDB. Experience an advanced version of the classic search and destroy mode. Roll, vault, and scale walls as you shoot down the enemy. The shrinking magnetic field well, there you go and uh and, and scan grenades constantly keep you on the move work with your teammates to pull off incredible team play moves it sounds like a battle royale uh it might be yeah N not one that was on my radar and will probably stay off of my radar honestly but uh i don't know maybe dan will like it maybe dan will play it dan said if breath of if tears of the kingdom had a battle royale he'd have jumped in on day one <laughs> He's such a that, loser. Was, that was a legit comment by him, by the way, in Discord. That's a, a good thing he's not here. <laughs> game number seven. No, no, I will say Dan is a massive Zelda fan. He just doesn't have yeah, time to play is, the game is, right now. Yeah. If you remember when he was streaming on Twitch regularly, like he was playing Zelda games pretty regularly back then. Yep. He played Link's Awakening, Link to the Past. Uh, yeah. He just yeah. hasn't played. He hasn't finished Breath of the Wild, so he's not picking up Tears of the Kingdom yet. So game number seven coming on Thursday to PC, The Outlast Trials. Red Barrels invites you to experience mind-numbing terror, this time with friends. Whether you go through the trials alone or in teams, if you survive long enough and complete the therapy, Murkoff will happily let you leave. But will you be the same? Probably not. Probably not. This game is going to scare the fuck out of so many people. Oh, yeah. The Outlast games are always spooky, man. They do it so well, man. Red Barrels has nailed the formula. Um, these are great games. I'm looking forward to this. I likely will pick this up at some point. I'll probably play it. If I don't play it soon, I likely would play this sometime in October. Like, this is a good October game. Yep. And I mentioned last week uh, Atlas Fallen. I did not realize when I mentioned that that Atlas Fallen actually got delayed. So Atlas Fallen is not coming out this week. Uh, but game number eight, our final game this week, coming out on Friday to PC, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch, Lego 2K Drive. Welcome to Bricklandia, home of a massive open-world Lego driving adventure. Race anywhere, play with anyone, build your dream rides, and defeat a cast of wild racing rivals for the coveted Sky Trophy. In Lego 2K Drive, your awesome trans transforming vehicle gives you the freedom to speed seamlessly across riveting racetracks, off-road terrain, and open waters. Explore the vast world of Bricklandia, show off your driving skills, and build vehicles brick by brick. This game looks like a lot of fun. It looks really cool. I wish it was free. I do too. Uh, I'm not buying it. 
I wanted to Gamefly it, but damn, it comes out on Friday, which means I would have to get something shipped back out by Tuesday or Wednesday at the absolute latest. Right. Um, right now, I have checked out from Gamefly Jedi Survivor, which I'm not done with and I'm not sending back till I finish. Trinity Trigger, which I really want to play, so I really don't want to send it back. And Dead Island 2, which I also really want to play and I don't want to send it back. Um, People in Discord really enjoyed Dead Island 2 I know. much more than reviews let on. So I know. I want to check it out. So I think I care about those more than I care about Lego 2K Drive. And I probably will be able to rent Lego 2K Drive in the future. Like it won't be super popular and like always out of stock. So I probably will be able to get that later, which then lets me I need to I need to send something back before next week because I would like to get your game of the year. I want to give it a shot. I want to try out Lord of the Rings Gollum. Oh, jeez, Louise. Disgusting. <laughs> That's not the game I'm buying next week. I know. You're probably buying Inkbound. Nope. Oh. It's a game you don't have on the forecast. We'll get that. Oh, okay. Yeah, you have to let me know. Um, but that's our eight games this week. My pick of the week of these eight games. Yeah, Last Trials. Mine's Humanity uh, because okay. that's that's the one I'm most likely to jump into since it's part of the PS Plus catalog. Always bumps it up a few spots in my book. And uh, I actually think it looks really cool. It is something I will definitely play, but I think the Outlast Trials does something special. And yeah. it's it's not very often where we get super, super scary games coming out. Anymore. Even Resident Evil, like those aren't super scary. The Outlast Trials is actually terrifying. No, so, they're actually terrifying. Yeah. yeah so I, I'll, I'll give it I'll give that one the nod. But that'll be the end of the seven day forecast as we transition into the extended forecast to take a look at what's coming up, but also confirm some release dates and some delays. Decarnation, which looks like a great little uh, so twisted horror game. One. Yeah, looks it's pixelated. So cool. It looks dope. Comes out on May 31st. Uh, Akira Yamaoka is going to be doing music on that one. I think he's doing 10 tracks, the uh, composer behind Silent Hill. Right. So he's contributing to the Decarnation soundtrack, which is amazing. Dordone releases on June 13th, which actually looks, looks pretty so charming. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, it looks, it looks so very cute. charming. Alchemic Cutie releases on June 16th. Guilt, which was a Stadia exclusive for like the last two years, mm-hmm. is finally releasing elsewhere on July 6th. Mr. Run and Jump, which looks like a really cool um, neon fucking Katana Zero type experience. Mr. Run and Jump releases on July 25th. Daymare 1994 Sandcastle, which is basically a modern imagining of the original Resident Evil games, releases on August 30th. And then The Sisters 2 Road to Fame releases on October 5th, which I don't know anything about. I don't know anything about that either. Yeah. We got some delays talking about other terrifying spooky horror games. Amnesia the Bunker, which was set to come out later this month, has been delayed just a couple weeks. It's been delayed to June 6th. Goodbye Volcano High has unfortunately Ah. been delayed to August 29th. Yeah. And uh, the big one, Hollow Knight Silk Song, has been delayed to sometime second half of 2023 for now. Yeah, that's a 2024 title. Yeah, it's it's going to slip again. It's not coming out this year. Silk Song is not coming out this year either, which honestly really does suck. I was kind of hoping it would. I was almost sure that it would. In fact, they, they said last year it would. It was part of the Xbox showcase that said all of these games will be on Game Pass within the next 12 months. That aired in June. Everyone was sure it was going to shadow drop by the end of this month. And then it's, they announced it's slipping. So, yep. So that is unfortunate. I don't know what's going on with uh, Team Cherry and Silk Song, but I do hope the game comes out eventually because I really I do want to play it. I think it just expanded way outside of their original scope. And, Maybe. Uh, Maybe fine. when it comes it's out, time. it's a fucking 10 out of 10, right? Maybe it has. Maybe it's taken so long because of how long Tears of the Kingdoms took to develop. Maybe they're just adding so so much. Yeah. I hope so. And if so, that's fine. That's fine. It's just, it's still disappointing. 
Yes. Uh, next week, we do have some major releases coming out, or at least what I consider somewhat major. Not all of these, I would say, are major. Uh, Inkbound is finally coming out, which looks really good. After Us, which looks amazing to me. That's the one that kind of reminds me of Gravity Rush meets Near. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Sev's really looking forward to, as are other people, to Miasma Chronicles. Uh, Planet Alana finally comes out on Game Pass, which I will definitely install and jump into at some point. Like I said, your game of the year, if it's not Tears of the Kingdom, Lord of the Rings Gollum releases next week. There it is, Gollum. And then that Telltale-like, but it's not been developed by Telltale, but it's their same formula, right? It's a choose-your-own-adventure narrative-driven game. Star Trek Resurgence comes out next week, which looks really fucking good. But you said you had another one that's yeah, not on this list. I'm, it's, I, you didn't put it on here, and I don't know why. May 25th, Batboy, baby. Oh, that's right. Batboy is next week. I forgot Bat about Batboy. Bat is Boy. next week. Batboy is probably a day one purchase for me, my man. I actually forgot about Batboy. Yeah, Batboy is next week. Batboy is next week. Batboy looks good. We talked about Batboy on Kickstart My Heart. Batboy looks awesome. We talked about it on Kickstart My Heart, and it placed really high on Thunderdome. It did. Yeah, I should have put Batboy on here. I forgot about Batboy. Yeah, Batboy looks good. Looks yep. really, really good. That'll be that'll probably be a day one for me. It's fourteen ninety nine at release. Yeah, it's not expensive. And it's, it's coming to every platform. Uh, but this, I love games like this. Shovel Knight, Mega Man. Yep. This is this is my type of game. By the way, last week we were speculating how much Death Retreat was going to cost. It is available now. Uh, it's twenty five bucks, and I think that's a good price point for Death Retreat. That's probably a good price for it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good price point. But that's gonna do it. That's the, the end of the extended forecast, and that'll bring us to the end of Play on Arrival, a weekly video game forecast for this week. You want to uh, take us out the only way you know how? I absolutely will. Here's the newest pick from the PP. This is a guy that a lot of you are probably familiar with, a guy I certainly love listening to his music. His name is Jason Isbell. He is a country star, um, but bucks a little bit of the trends that modern country typically do. But he's with his band, The 400 Unit, and he's got a song called Cast Iron Skillet. If you know anything about Jason Isbell and you like his music, this is a song you'll love. It goes right down that Jason Isbell alley that I like so much. Go listen to it. It's called Cast Iron Skillet by Jason Isbell. This episode of Play on Arrival, the weekly video game forecast has been brought to you by RPGera.com. Please remember to leave us a rating and a review regardless of which platform you're listening on. If you want more of us, check us out on YouTube and make sure you're subscribed or following with notifications on. Links to where we can be found on social media as well as to our Discord server and all other important information can be found in the show notes for the episode. 